The Wealth Equation Podcast by Maurice L. Wilson reveals how to accelerate your wealth and secure more money, time, and freedom by leveraging the investment powers of real estate, entrepreneurship, the stock market, and more. Tune in as host Maurice L. Wilson, an engineer turned financial advisor, offers you the step-by-step formula to solve your wealth equation once and for all. Here's Maurice. Hello, my name is Maurice L. Wilson, and thank you for joining me on another episode of The Wealth Equation. Today, I want to talk about the value of mispriced assets and how to find them. On the last episode, we talked about the buy low equation, which dealt with finding low price companies in the public markets and buying them at certain price intervals and realizing great returns as those prices recovered. And that episode happened to be timed in a way that matched what we now think may be a bottom in the stock market's decline due to the COVID-19 disease caused by the coronavirus. I want to take that conversation to the next level and apply it to the companies that are not on the stock market. And I want to show you how to use the stock market in a way that will help you become an investor in the companies in your community. But first, let's talk about the value of mispriced assets. And let's just begin with what is an asset. An asset is something that grows in value, generates income, or both. Biggest assets tend to be your house, but it could also be your 401k or a business that you own. Broadly speaking, an asset is property, stocks, or a business. Now, some people will argue that your education is an asset as well, and this isn't too far from the truth. An education, although intangible in nature, is something that grows in value and produces income. So that makes it an asset, and in in today's world, that asset is mispriced. A mispriced or missed price occurs when the price for a good or service does not correctly match the actual value of that good or that service. And it's important as we talk here that we take a moment to define value as well. To put it very succinctly, value is a fair return for something exchange. Now that something can be goods, services, knowledge, etc. We see this currently in the college landscape where the cost of tuition has far outstripped the actual value or fair return of a college degree. In other words, we're paying too much for what we're getting for the college degree. Now this has resulted in one, people questioning the value of college. You're starting to see more debates about should kids even be going to college? We all agree that college is important. We all agree that more education is better than less education. But because the cost of getting that degree is now far outstripping the actual return on that degree, it's brought us to a point where we're questioning something fundamental as your child or someone that you know getting more education. The second thing that's happening is because the cost of the education is so out of alignment, college grads are struggling financially as the rewards for a degree don't match the amount of money paid for the degree. Now, some people have caught on to this. And so to resolve this issue, some people are picking either name brand or Ivy League schools, top states, institutions, or they're picking degrees that's going to allow them to command a little bit higher starting salary 
than what most college graduates are doing. And so what's really happening is some people are resolving the misprice of the college education by either finding ways to bring that price into alignment, i.e. I'm not just going to pay 50000 or 25000 a year for any old college. I'm going to go to a college that's going to allow me to go to my employer and say, hey, I went to this top 10, top 25 school. You need to pay me more. Or they're picking a degree that's going to allow them to do the same thing, get paid more. Now, the way that people have handled the exploding or mispriced value of college is important as we go on to find mispriced assets that we can invest in. So let's talk about how to find a mispriced asset. In the last two recessions, the mispriced assets were obvious. In the dot-com bubble or the technology meltdown, the mispriced asset was the dot-com companies themselves. These online companies that had a lot of glitz, a lot of glamour, kind of reminds me of WeWork, but they literally did not make any money. But they were valued at such, I mean, some of these companies were valued at 200 times their earnings. And they didn't have earnings. Those are mispriced assets. In 2008, the mispriced assets were houses. Uh, a lot of houses were just going up in value and they really weren't worth as much as people were paying for them. And so if you were looking to find the mispriced assets today as a result of the coronavirus, you could argue that they are everything. I mean, everything is mispriced if all business has to shut down, then these companies can't be selling at the prices they were selling at before these shutdowns and quarantines happen. So with such a wide array of businesses to find and to value, you need a tool that can help you drill down. And that tool is the stock market. See, the stock market is merely a public record of a business. Now, why is this? A business agrees to accept public investors. In exchange for taking public investor money, that business makes nearly every aspect of its operations available to the public. Now, this must occur so that an investor can decide whether to invest in that business. But this dynamic also serves as a great tool for discovering mispriced assets in a less than obvious way. If you were to buy a, a privately owned fast food business, you would be wise to compare the price for that business to the price of a publicly owned fast food business such as McDonald's. And you can find out how McDonald's operates from almost any financial information or investment website. You can also find out, well, who's McDonald's competitors and how are they doing? Because those are going to be your competitors if you buy this fast food business. And if you do enough research on this publicly available information, after a while, you'll have a proxy for the industry that you're about to enter when you buy this privately held fast food business. You'll kind of know who the competitors are. You'll know how they operate. And as a result, you'll know what a fair value is if you wanted to pay to get into this business. And you'll know what you should reasonably expect to get in return. Therefore, there's no need to enter blindly into almost any sector of business if they have publicly traded businesses in that sector. Now let's take this a step further. There are about three areas that are faltering due to the pandemic, entertainment, travel, and fine dining. We know this because we can look at the major publicly traded companies 
in these areas and see how poorly they're doing. Airline stocks have yet to return to even a quarter of their value before the crisis. Cruise lines are in the same boat. Movie theaters and casinos are still down over 50%. Automotive stocks are still faltering. And fine dining in particular with its inability to adapt to curbside delivery and carry out has lagged the recovery that we've seen in fast food stocks like McDonald's, Wendy's, and Domino's. See, McDonald's, Wendy's, and Domino's specialize in drive-throughs and curbside delivery. Domino's was always delivering. So when you look at the stock price of McDonald's and Wendy's and Domino's, while they're not quite back to where they were before, they're trading at about 10 or 15% below where they were before the coronavirus came out. So we can say with confidence that because we are able to find publicly traded stocks in all these different areas, we're able to find out which areas are struggling and maybe which areas are going to offer lower prices for their businesses. But it doesn't stop there. If Delta and American Airlines are struggling, then the companies that supply the materials and the services for those airlines are struggling. If fine dining is struggling, then the fine dining suppliers are struggling also. If movie theaters are struggling, then you get the picture. The movie theater suppliers are struggling as well. But don't stop there. If these places are all shut down and poorly trafficked, then the cleaning services that these companies use are also struggling. All of these businesses and the ecosystems that support them are struggling and in need of money. And that's why the government had to put a plan in place so fast to get loans out to these businesses. So where does that leave you? Well, armed with the knowledge of where companies are struggling, a prudent investor could in one morning pick up the Wall Street Journal, find all the companies and sectors that are adversely impacted by the pandemic, and then pick up their local phone book and find all the privately held businesses in those same areas and begin to hold conversations with the owners of those businesses. These conversations could be about taking on a silent partner, possibly having a new majority owner, or whatever arrangement that allows that business that's struggling to get an infusion of capital and allows that investor who's going to make that capital provision get a fair return on a mispriced asset. But of course, the investor needs to be able to determine what is the actual value of that mispriced asset. Remember in the example of our overpriced education, a potential investor simply could choose a better school, get a better major to make sure that if they're going to pay this higher price for an asset, they're going to get a fair return. So they picked a name brand school. They picked a major that was in high demand. Likewise, the investor of a mispriced asset needs to be able to ascertain if what they are investing in will give them a fair return. This is where wise counsel and an ability to see what will be and not what currently is will be key. So if you can find an asset that is mispriced as a result of the pandemic, but will return to its pre-pandemic value in the future, then you have found a valuable asset at a great price. That's the holy grail of investing, and that's the value of a mispriced asset.
My name is Maurice L. Wilson. I trust this has been helpful as you continue your journey to solving your wealth equation. Remember, money can't make you happy, but it does give you options. I'll see you next time on The Wealth Equation. It is a pleasure to have you join us for this episode of The Wealth Equation. Be sure to visit WilsonWealth.com for more information about building wealth. We look forward to helping you next time on The Wealth Equation.